Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pop Anime Comic-Sounds where I have with me professional wrestler Billy Starks who has wrestled for Grindhouse Pro Wrestling, Girl Fight, St. Louis Anarchy, Black Label Pro, and Bizarro Lucho to name a few. So thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Now I am super excited because you've been tearing it up and you are still very new. You've been wrestling for about two years now and I'm very curious how you initially got into wrestling. Initially, my stepfather, Mouse, who's a photographer, introduced me to wrestling, was WWE and NXT for like the longest time. And then I went to my first independent wrestling show, which was D1W, and I just fell in love with wrestling. Yeah, and to talk a little bit about that, so obviously you came in from more of a photography standpoint, and I'm not too sure if you were still a fan at that point, but what was that like? Because when you're looking at something saying, hey, I need to get that shot of these two wrestlers going at it, it kind of changes the dynamic and the perspective of how you see something. So I'm curious how that impacted you, because eventually you made the transition over. When I became a photographer, I've already had my mind made up that I wanted to be a wrestler and that's what I wanted to do. And photography was my step in the door of getting to know people and understanding. And they helped me a lot to figure out who I was going to be or they helped me when I was like, oh, I don't understand this. So I can go to one of these people and they'd be like, oh, here, let me help you. So when I started photography, my dad gave me one of his old cameras and I was just asked to go shoot promos. So I would go up to people, can I shoot promos? yeah go take them and take pictures and I would talk to them about wrestling and they'd be like oh blah 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 and a lot of times I would sit down with somebody and they were like here are like the three rules that I would give for you be a good person and if you don't love this don't do this and believe in yourself that was the rules you have to love this to do this and so now you have these three rules and then you're shooting them you're taking photographs of them and you're clearly seeing a very different side of the business where it's now not the fan perspective but it's also not the wrestler's perspective it's somewhere in between so when did it click that you knew that you wanted to do this and then how did you go about making the decision to go from saying hey i want to take photographs ringside backstage or do a promo to saying hey i want to get in the ring and train i knew i wanted to train like i did cheerleading before i was taking pictures because it was like oh this is gonna help me for when I do start training I'll be in shape I can do crazy flips even though I don't do flips because it terrifies me and I'm a coward I can do front flips front flips are easy like I can see where I'm going and I trust myself as soon as I try to do a back flip I've done it but I look at it I'm like I don't trust this I'm gonna break my neck but I made up my mind I wanted to do training and I always joked that Madman Pondo was gonna be the one training me because when I was watching Girl Fight he was the one in charge of it and Pondo when are you gonna train me when are you gonna train me and he finally was like i'm not gonna train you i know too tough tony who runs grindhouse academy let me introduce to him and then as everything unfolded i went to cheerleading before practice and then i went to this training class and they asked me if i wanted to get in the ring and i was like yes so they let me roll around let me bump and my mom was sitting there and she's like we're never gonna get her out she's not going to want to leave so that's how it came about like this is what i wanted to do and no one who was ever going to take me away from it yeah and let's talk about grindhouse pro wrestling because they obviously have a school they're also a promotion and so i want to talk a little bit about your training so obviously there's two sides to the training there's the physical side and you had that cheerleading background but wrestling is a few steps away from cheerleading to put it politely and then there's the psychological aspect of wrestling that i think gets not as much appreciation for lack of a better word so what were those two elements like for you 
getting in the ring and then figuring out how to cut a promo and really even selling to some degree. I always understood match structure. That was never a problem for me. I think it's because of how much wrestling I was around, taking photos and listening to people call matches and then watching them unfold. Like I understood that because I've seen it so much, but being able to talk and like do a promo or portray a character, a lot of times I would struggle with that. And I had a discussion with someone and they're like, your character is you. You steal things that you love from others and you make it yourself. And I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. I can do that. So Billy Starks just became who I am really just 10 times more crazy and all over the place and a bunch of who everybody thinks I am like inside jokes between me and my friends and that's what helped me like now I understand what I need to say on the mic because this is just stupid stuff I would say anyways and a lot of times in the ring I'm not athletic I will say that till the day I die I just keep doing stuff until it makes sense to my body I never thought I'd be able to hit a 450 and then my friend was like you'll never do it and I was like you know what yes I will I can do that. So for about four, five, six months, however long it took me, I was able to do it. I will probably never do it in a match because I'm afraid I will crush someone. It was one of those things where I was like, I can do this stuff if I want to. It's just being able to repeat it, repeat it, repeat it until I do get it. And a lot of times certain moves I don't think I'm capable of unless I continue trying and trying until I do hit that spot where I can. Yeah, and I think what really sells this and what you just were talking about, and a lot of this came about when you started actually wrestling in Grindhouse. And I think the perfect person, and it was one of your first matches, was against Charlie Cruel. And the two of you have a long rivalry, and I think this really brought out the mic skills, brought out the physical skills, and really started developing Billy Starks. Because that first match was the beginning of your character development in a variety of ways. So what was this like, that first match, going into it, and really going up against Charlie for the first time? My first match was actually against another girl at my training school, and it was her first match, Hazel, and Amazing Maria was part of it, and that was like a huge thing for me, because this was probably, I want to like say six months of my training, and they were like, oh, we want you to be on the pre-show of this show, and then I was like, okay, and then I invited so many people, they are like, oh, we're going to have to move you from pre-show, because you invited so many people, we don't want them to just leave <laughs> during the show, and I was like, oh no, so I had that match, and after that, I started wrestling Charlie, and I wrestled her for probably like around the first year of my career, and she did help me a lot with character stuff and she helped me understand wrestling and trying to get a reaction out of people because if you wrestle the same person so much you have to change what you're doing so they will react and have emotion every time you wrestle if that makes sense yeah and let's talk about even more in grindhouse because amazing maria you faced a few times you faced hazel alice crowley was also involved during your time there and all three slash four of those women were amazing so what was that experience like really getting a bunch of different people to wrestle during your time at grindhouse and they all have different styles and they've all gone on to do different things amazing maria has been in ovw for a while now so what was that like as a first experience in your first year in wrestling I believe wrestling other people really does help you adapt and become a better wrestler. If you wrestle the same people, you understand how they work and you 
won't be prepared when you have to work someone a little different. That's why I enjoyed all the different styles these people had. Hazel is shorter, but she is built bigger. And Alice is like me and just wants to sprint and do stuff like all crazy. And then Charlie has a different way of wrestling and so does Maria. So they all have different styles, which helped me really learn what do I need to do so I can still be me and show off this person too. And one of the things that also happened during this year with you and Alice was that you formed the tag team. And yes, I love tag team wrestling. Been. And it's got a great name, the Stupid Youth Project, which, just so everybody's aware, you are on the younger side in wrestling. And it's a very fitting name. So how did this name come about? Because I think that's something that people want to know. I think it honestly was us just throwing around ideas until it was like this stuck a lot of times it was us just being goofy and we loved wrestling with each other and I'm a big fan of tag team wrestling. I enjoy tag team wrestling because I feel like a tag team match can be the best match on a card if you do it right. Just because of how much action there is and you can build a great story off of it. And I loved wrestling with Alice as a tag team. I wish we got to do it more. But the whole tag team thing, outside of wrestling, we're really good friends. And it was like, oh, I want to be a tag team with you. Oh, let's come up with an idea. What do we want to be? And that's what we became, the stupid youth. Because that's what my mom wants to say is we're both just goofballs that love to wrestle. And you faced a variety of teams. The Purge, which is Reed and Xanders. The Mama Boys, that's spelled with a Z, might I add, which is Joe Travis and Joshy Boy. Ace Jackson and Cole County Crusher, to name a few. So what was it like going up against these teams? I think there was a few number one contender matches also involved in this somewhere. And really just getting that experience as a tag team because it is an art. And it's very different than singles wrestling. I think it really helped us both develop our style of wrestling a lot more and how we work with others in the ring. A lot of times it's like, okay, what do you want to do in this? Okay, how can I add on to that? Or how are we going to make this fit in here? And it was just allowing us to develop different ideas and it helped us be more creative in wrestling. And how do you feel that GPW really sort of trusted you to be in number one contender matches and become number one contenders and in that spotlight, being that you were so new to wrestling and to kind of be in a match that's meaningful to some degree? I feel like that puts like a lot of trust in us and it's saying we're seeing all the progress you're making, which makes us feel like, oh, we're actually doing this somewhat right. Let's continue what we're doing to keep getting better. A lot of times it's like, are we sure about this? Is this going to work? And talking about another big opportunity for you and trust issues, you had two single matches that were also very interesting. One of them was against Sue Young in Grindhouse yes. Pro Wrestling and obviously Sue Young, the undead bride, clearly tearing it up in Impact right right now has been on the scene for a while and she can do a lot of stuff and wrestle a variety of different people so what was that like a wrestling her then bringing her in to some degree and also getting that on your resume and a notch because it is in many ways a dream match when I first started wrestling, I told Sue about it. She's like one of my wrestling family that I've met through this, and she wanted to be my first match. This was at the time when she had the knockouts title. I'll put the knockout title on the line. I want to be your first match, and that was a big deal to me. And when I finally got to wrestle with her, it was at Girl Fight, and it was, oh my god, I'm able to do this. So she came in, she hung out with me. My mom loves her so much. She was like, Sue's my best friend. She can come whenever she wants, because they went out and partied the night before, She's like, I love her. So when I finally did get to wrestle her, she actually was injured. She had a really bad ankle injury and everybody knew about it. And we used that 
or a match and they thought I hurt her because the first five minutes we're rolling around chaining and doing stuff and I gave her a snap mirror and she grabbed her ankle and rolled it out of the ring and started screaming and everybody thought oh I messed her up the match is gone so she's going to the back and I go to help her and I get thrown into the guardrails and everybody lost it wrestling was one of these opportunities that I love that I've been given and people who have given me opportunities I'm extremely thankful and I love Sue to death she is one of my wrestling models and she will always be family to me yeah and to even talk about that because for those who don't know wrestling you can get injured injuries occur people work around injuries all the time and what was that like as an experience to know that your opponent is injured and has a serious injury and then having to work around that issue and almost incorporate it into a match and build it out i don't want to say on the fly but with very short notice and actually build onto it in a positive way because it's very cool when that happens i kind of understood how to and to helped a lot with it but my first match i actually sprained my ankle and and I was still able to finish the match. But after that, I would develop certain storylines. They would go after my ankle and it would show a lot of people knew what that was. They saw my first match and now they understand, oh, that's a weakness. But protecting someone in the ring, I feel like is a very important thing. And I feel like you should always want to have a great match, but you have to make sure the other person is safe at the same time. And so are you. And do you feel that, because to me, it seems that since you are new, that learning this very young and learning this very early on is extremely important where we look at wrestlers and sometimes they don't learn this for five years obviously on this podcast i've interviewed a lot of wrestlers and they haven't had a circumstance within you know their first you know 20 matches of learning this and it seems you have so that seems like a real advantage and a real understanding and sort of another side of the business that you experienced earlier on, which will benefit you in the long run. I feel like in my mind, wrestling has always moved very quickly for me and I've enjoyed every moment it has given me. And a lot of times, like I think I get opportunities out of nowhere sometimes and I'm so thankful for them. But a lot of times it's just like I have to show I deserve this chance. Yeah, and that kind of leads into what I want to talk about next, which is your match against Jordan Grace because that is a big opportunity. And obviously Jordan mm-hmm. Grace is amazing. Jordan Grace sort of came out of nowhere to some degree and she's killing it right now. And she does some amazing things that shouldn't be done in a wrestling ring in many ways where she can fly and she does not look like she can fly. So to put it <laughs> nicely and much love to Jordan Grace right there. But what was that match like? Because that's a very much a big step up for you. And I think uh- you met the opportunity well. I had a lot of fun in that match, and I'm not going to lie, that was one of the matches I was more nervous for, because I didn't have that close relationship, like how I had Sue. Like, I had to explain, okay, this is a new person that I haven't really had an opportunity to get to know or, like, understand how she wrestles all I've seen in this video so I have to see how am I going to be able to do this and it was one of those times I was actually nervous to be in the ring but I feel like I had a great match with her and she is one of those people who are leading women wrestling in a way and I feel like that's really great I feel like women wrestling should be equal to men wrestling and a lot of times I feel like it's a subcategory if that makes sense a lot of times there isn't the all woman shows and I feel like women should be able to have more progress and giving more opportunities even going further with that what was it like because in many ways this match i felt watching it definitely did steal part of the show 
I think people were very much impressed. And what is it like to get an opportunity to wrestle somebody who is bigger than you? I feel like a lot of times I don't realize it until after the match is over or like a few days later, like, oh, that was actually a really big deal. Like I was in this ring with someone who's on TV or this person's where I want to be in the next few years. A lot of times I don't realize it until after the fact. It's like, oh, that was really crazy. This is what I've wanted to do forever. And then even going further off of equality, and I think this person really exemplifies that and sort of stole the show and proves this point, is you had a match with Shotzi Blackheart on what is sort of her farewell tour to some degree. And so, obviously, Shotzi has some balls on her, for lack of a better (laughs) word, and she's killing it in NXT right now. And what was that like? Because that is probably one of the biggest deals to getting to wrestle Shotzi and having some of her final matches on the indie scene and really going about that. And pizza might have been involved. So what was that like, really just getting that opportunity? Because I think that exemplifies equality to its core. So when I first saw Shotzi wrestle, I'm not going to lie, I looked at her and I was like, you're really, really pretty, but I didn't enjoy your match because her first match I saw, it was just not the greatest. But you could see that she loved it and she worked her butt off to be where she is. And I think that's what we all should be doing is working our butts off to do what we want to do. And I love that I had the opportunity to wrestle her before she got signed. And I've seen her a few times since she's gone up to Indianapolis and trained a few times she was like hey guys i've missed you let me come up and train for a little bit and one of the things that is interesting about shotzi shotzi is known as pizza cat for those who don't know and well shotzi's farewell tour kind of passing of slightly a title to you might be breaking some kayfabe here and put you on spot <laughs> slightly but you sort of are pizza cat jr to some degree in certain promotions, you know, a smack or snack, depending on how you want to pronounce it, might also be in play there. So what was that like really taking the helm and it being passed down to some degree from Shotzi to you? I've always wanted to wrestle at Bizarro. That was one of my goals. When it started, I was like, I want to be part of this. This is great. And when I was there, Shotzi saw me like always helping out. And she was like, I like you. And I feel like Shotzi was the one who really was like, I want to give her a chance. What can I give her? And she gave me this amazing thing and i have the crazy pizza cat mask and i hate wearing masks like i cannot breathe even though the whole mouth is cut out and like the eyes i get blind and i'm like can't see anything i hope i hit them or like randomly i'll get kicked and the mask shifts over and i was like oh my nose i can't breathe <laughs> it's a new experience for me and i love that she gave me the chance to be pizza cat jr and I think it was one of those things where it was like, this made me love wrestling that much more. And there's a lot to talk about, and we're going to talk about all of it right here, right now, because clearly Bizarro Lucho is the place to wear a mask. You know, one of their rules is that there's no DQs, except if you remove somebody's mask. And so it's almost a very sacred thing in a lot of ways, and if there's one place you have to wear a mask, it's in that promotion. So... What is it like to wrestle in a place and have that mask and have that Pizza Cat Jr. title associated with you with it being well-respected in that place versus over on another Uh, indie promotion? 
I think it just adds to the development of me as a wrestler. It gives me another opportunity to improve and it already has this idea of what people know it as and I'm supposed to come out and throw pizza at people and act crazy and they're all excited to do this and then I get to work on what I usually don't do as much. I know lucha wrestling so I get to show that off a little bit more and perfect it a lot better. I do do some lucha when I am Billy Starks but Pizza Cat gives me an opportunity of like oh I want to try this out. This is something I normally don't get to do. And then I think what even enhances this even further is that I said you're part of Smack or is it Smack or is it Snack? I'm not exactly sure how it's supposed to be pronounced. How's this supposed to be pronounced? Smack. And on that team is Adam Slade, Dakota, Dino Dude, and I think all of you are fantastic and it just enhances this entire group of wrestlers that fit perfectly together. And so what is it like working with those three? I think it really enhances us. Like, we get to play off each other's energy a lot because they see me being all over the place and we're going to do the same thing and just be crazier. The last Bizarro, me being the idiot I am, I'm sitting in the back, our match is next, I'm just goofing off, and music starts playing. I was like, okay, and we're standing there for a minute, just standing there, and then Trip says, go. So I'm thinking he's talking to me. So I just rent out the curtain like it's nothing. Come to find out that's the other team's music. So they're all standing at the curtain while I'm running around the ring, hitting my pose. And I look back and I go, oh no. Like I look like an idiot. So I like run around the other side while they finish going out. And then my team's like, what are you doing? I was like, I could go. So I just went. So they were like, oh, we have a cover up for this. So they sent me down on the skateboard that Dino Dean comes out with and they all hold my hand we're like you're not allowed to run around anymore but it was like one of those things like even though it was a mistake it fit and it's also very bizarre lucho to do that where bizarre lucho is a very different company on the indies i feel than others because as i stated they very much respect the masks they got more of that midwestern feel to them than other companies and it's just a very cool place to wrestle and so what is it even like for you to wrestle there as I was kind of alluding to before a little bit, because there is that almost history and respect and craziness, if you will, much like anarchy. Those places, I feel like, are the places people want to be at because the energy they're giving out and the great shows that they are, and they both have distinct characters to them of, this is where people should want to be. We're going to be one of the best places here and one of the best places on the indie scene. And I feel like that's a big deal. And I agree in so many ways in which that I've only seen two Bizarre Lucha shows so far, and they were both amazing on IWTV. And the way that they are done and the matches that are being booked and who is being booked there is just fantastic. Their whole show is better than the last show, and I feel like that's great. I feel like that's how every wrestling show should be if you're a promotion. Our last show was amazing and great, but this show should be even more over the top and better. And we're going to table that last show for a little bit because I do want to talk about a few things before we get to that last show because that last show in many ways is special. I don't want to ruin why just yet, but I do want to back (laughs) out of Bizarre Lucho for a little bit and talk about IFHY. I think that's how it's said because I don't know what IFHY stands for. There's much discussion about that. So what is Um, it? Indiana Foundation of Hateful Youth. I recently left the group, but they were a family to me, and we were all, like, really good friends 
And so, not to get too much into the details, but obviously, IFHY is very much a big stable like OI4K. And so, in many ways, it's a family to some degree, but then people leave, people go elsewhere. Everybody's been in IFHY. Everybody from Alley Cat to you to 15 other members. And so, what was that like? to sort of, I guess, be in a family and learn from them and gain some experience from that entire entity. And then also you faced off against some of them at other points. I believe that they helped me become the wrestler I am today. It helped me when I was like, okay, who can I go to because I don't understand this or, oh, my mental state's not the greatest, but I know I have these friends I can go to and talk about it. And I feel like it's always great to have those people, but sometimes you grow out of a group and you need to become yourself and you need to be independent. And while you were wrestling with some of them, and I just want to mention this really quickly, you get the opportunity to face some legendary individuals and one of the people you got to face was madman pondo who was supposed to train you along with mickey knuckles i respect both of them so much they're great people and i always love pondo he always told me i don't want to hit you i love you like you're my kid (laughs) you always joke around with me i was like pondo don't be a jerk but he's one of those people who's helped me a lot in wrestling and mickey has also helped me she has talked to me a lot she was like when i was started wrestling and helped me understand a few things a lot better and she does wish the best for me and which i think is great and it's another woman wrestler to talk to about what's going on and I think that Pondo was one of those people who really did help me a lot when I first started wrestling. So getting in the ring with him was like, oh, I get to wrestle Dadman Pondo because that's what a lot of us girls call him. He's the dad who yells at us all the time because we're being complete mess. But he loves every one of us. And then also, this was part of a girl fight tournament. You also got to face James Brady and Savannah Stone, who Savannah Stone is great and she's upcoming in many ways. And so what was it like getting to face those two and in particular Savannah Stone? I got to wrestle with Savannah once before that at an Anarchy show, which I believe it was a pre-party, and I loved every second of it. She's one of those people who I connected with and understood, like, oh, this makes sense. Thanks for, like, making sense. (laughs) Like, a lot of times I'll meet people and they'll say something, and I'm like, wait a second, that didn't click with me. She was one of those people I immediately, like, clicked with, and it was easy for me to be in the ring with her, and I was able to have a great match. And then you also got to reface Charlie Cruel, a little bit more experience this time, a little bit more knowledge in the wrestling ring, for lack of a better word, in the finals of this tournament. So what was that like, kind of getting another shot at her that you didn't have for a while? I think it was just full circle. It's like, oh, we're back at this again. And it was one of those times where I was like, oh, okay, I'm exhausted, but what is going to make sense for this? And how are we going to end up doing this? Because this is the last match of the show. What are we doing to make it mean something? And so how did that match end? And how did you feel after that match? Because it wasn't the greatest ending. It's been forever since that match. I believe the ending was I got hit with something and then Jonathan got trapped into a tarantula and that was it. I might be wrong. I don't remember. (laughs) But I believe it went something like that. It was one of those times where I was like, 
I don't know if that was the best ending that could have happened, but it's the ending that did happen. It is what it is. Wrestling happens, and it's one of those things where we just move on and see what we can do next to make it better. And now I want to jump out of Girl Fight, and I want to talk about one of my favorite promotions, and this is St. Louis Anarchy. And I really believe that St. Louis Anarchy is the start of making you a superstar. Because I think it's given you a variety of opportunities. And one of the matches that I think started that was the Marty Bell match that you had. I was actually a replacement for that match. My whole journey into St. Louis Anarchy was Mouse was originally going up there to take pictures of the ladies night show. And I was like, oh, I want to come with. I'll just hang out and watch the show and enjoy it. And then I think it was Queen Bee got hurt or Brooke Valentine. And she had a knee injury. And Mouse messaged, I think it was Tommy, and was like, Billy's already coming with me. What about her? And they all are like, oh, send some matches. So they sent a few matches, and they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. Okay, I'm going to use what I can from this. I'm going to show that I deserve to be here. And I had a great time with Marty Bell. Funny story about that is this was my first time at Anarchy. So I didn't know there was like two different locker rooms. So I'm sitting there like, I don't know where this lady's at. Like I'm dressed and I'm ready. And I'm just, where is she? Like I have no idea where she's at. And I'm, I feel like an idiot because I'm just thinking like I'm the most blind person in the world and just can't see her or like she's in the restroom or something. And then finally someone tells me, oh, no, she's up there in the other room. I'm like, oh, OK. So like that was a moment of stress for me where I was like, I have no idea how this is going to go, guys, but we're going to hope for the best. So what is that like? The fact that you're a replacement, you're coming in, you're facing somebody who has been an impact, who has a long history, has legacy behind her and is well respected on the indies people clearly are coming to see her to some degree and then you're thrown in there at the last second and you're like damn this is my opportunity and now you got to put a match together and you're like oh so what is like racing through your head because i can't imagine that for myself in, in any situation like that i don't know why but i'm one of those people who i'm lucky a lot of times i don't get nervous like i don't get nerves before matches that's one of my things like it doesn't bother me as soon as i go out to the ring i'm like ready to wrestle and that's all i think about like i don't get the butterflies and i've never had like the point where i was gonna throw up out of like nervousness and i think cheerleading has built me that way because of performing so much you get on stage and you do what you know how to do so when i did wrestle Marty I was like okay what can I do and show that I deserve this spot and I'm not just another replacement on the show so that was how my mindset was going into it I deserve to be here I have to show that to everybody else now and I don't know why but the fans at Anarchy fell in love with me and I fell in love with that place too I don't know if it's the wrestling or if it's the potato pizza might be a mix of the both but that place is one of those places where I never want to truly leave because it shows how great wrestling really is and in many ways this sort of became your audition for Anarchy and we mentioned part of this match I think before so we're slightly doing this out of order, but I think this kind of solidified you and was your audition. But you kind of came out with the Diamond Dogs, and you wrestled Savannah Stone, and you kind of changed their trajectory in St. Louis. Because they were sort of on like a losing streak, if I remember correctly. And to face Lethal Injection, I was teaming up with Savannah Stone and that entire entity in that match. So what was that like? Because both those matches were solidifying you 
in St. Louis. I just remember those matches just being so much fun. It was just like, oh, I'm getting to wrestle in front of this crowd who's having great reactions and they love wrestling. There's a lot of times where you'll go to certain shows and it's like you're trying and trying and trying and you don't get the reaction you want. And it's just you have to try harder and harder. With this crowd, they can see your love for wrestling. So they are like, oh, I love wrestling too. I'm going to show this. And it's one of those things where I I love that about St. Louis Anarchy. It's you always have the crowd with you and they're always there to have a great time. And I love those matches with Savannah and Lethal Injection and the freaking Diamond Dogs. I can't remember names for anything. I just remember faces. But I remember having fun in those matches and just having a great time. And talking about having a good time in St. Louis Anarchy, you're starting to find your groove as a team with Evan Jalestico, Everett Connor, Raul the Bear has your back. And I you- love the bear. <laughs> If you don't know who Raul the Bear is, everybody, you know, go find Raul the Bear. Because Raul the Bear is the best. Is the best. And you face several teams like Angelus Lane and Christian Rose, Jake Durgan, the Regal Twins. And so what is it like to really go up against these teams and work really well with Evan Colossico and Everett Connor and Raul the Bear and have that team gelling all together? I think it's helped me a lot like develop with adding their style of wrestling to mine and if we're gonna be the stupid tag team let's do like the most craziest things you're like i said oh when he catches our legs for the super kick can we just continue slapping our legs and i said this as a joke and connor looked at me and said yeah we're doing that i was like oh no (laughs) like i was just joking he's like nope we're doing that so we got on the range and we did that spot and i look at him i was like are we really doing this he goes and i said okay and the crowd popped for it because it it was a thing we were gonna do like that was very us as a team and also I loved getting to wrestle Angelus and Christian Rose because I feel like they have a really good persona and they get a really good reaction from the crowd and ever since Angelus returned they wanted to cheer for her because like oh she's finally back and then they see her immediately turn her back on them and it showed like oh my god what is happening and it got a really good reaction out of the fans I thought that was a great thing And I think this team really came together and really had an amazing pop against Jeremy Wyatt. And I'm biased, and I love Jeremy Wyatt. But that match where Evan was challenging him for the Gateway Heritage Championship, and you two were interfering in that match and causing a bunch of shenanigans. I didn't do anything. Sure, sure. We'll, we'll we'll go with that. We'll plead the fifth. We'll plead the fifth on this one. But nonetheless, it was an amazing match of shenanigans, for lack of a better word. And the way the crowd was popping during that match was unbelievable. And St. Louis always pops very well, but it was even more so in this match. And what was that like getting to work with Jeremy Wyatt and getting to play off of him and what he does and elevating everything in that match really and everybody was working amazing together in that match i think it's all about cooperation between everybody in the match even like the ref and everybody else it's what are we going to do to make fans believe this is actually happening and even in the ending and in uplifting because it was a very positive match throughout the entire thing was just fantastic and i really recommend to anybody that if you have iwtv or if you don't have iwtv Go get it and watch this match in particular because it really was one of those matches that you feel every single second of it. 
and it's very rare in St. Louis and in wrestling in general to feel that. And so even having said that, and I kind of asked this question already, but I'm going to ask it again a little more in detail, given that you and Evan and Connor Everett and Raul the Bear work so well together, and you've been on a few tag teams, what makes a tag team gel so well? Because I think this is arguably the best tag team you've been on, and it seems that the three of you work together, or actually the four of you work really well together. I think it's just us like working together and just sitting down and throwing ideas out and just seeing oh does this make sense and like I'll come up with crazy things like I'll look at Connor and I was like give me a list of things like you want to do and I'll come up with an idea and then Evan will either shut me down or be like oh that's actually really cool because Evan keeps me in check and then Connor is like the one who helps like funnel my ideas and it's just like having that teamwork really well together is just how we think about wrestling and it's all of us coming together to have that one mindset of, okay, this is what we're going to do, and this makes sense for all of us. And now I want to bring this back full circle to Bizarro, because <laughs> I did mention that Bizarro Lutro was a very special show, because I believe it was your last show of 2020 due to it COVID. Was. And it was announced... I forget the ring announcer's name, but he basically said, fuck it, we're going to go as long as we want, because this is going to be one of the last shows with fans, and we're going all out. And I think in many ways, that show was fantastic because of that. And so what was the vibe going into that show? Because COVID was hitting, it was starting to hit, shows were getting canceled, talks of mania were getting canceled and that week, and COVID wasn't, I guess, in full swing, but it was starting to. And this was back in March to give everybody a date of when all this was going on. It was just like a lot at that moment. But in my mind, it was like, oh, I'm still getting to wrestle. Everything's okay. I'm still being able to wrestle. Like my mindset was as long as wrestling is still here, I think the world's okay. Like that was my mindset, even though it didn't make the greatest sense. I was like, there can be a whole virus and the world is dying, but I have wrestling. That was my mindset. Oh, wrestling's okay. So I am. So having that last match at Bizarro, I was like, okay, the world may not be ending yet. And then when wrestling did get shut down, I was just like, oh no, the world is ending. <laughs> oh no. Like my dad looked at me, he's like, the world's kind of getting to crap right now, but it will come back at some point. We just have to wait and figure everything out and see what everything's going to happen and what's going to unfold. When Bizarro was there, I was just like, I'm happy this still exists. This is my outlet for everything that is going on in the world. Yeah, and you kind of just mentioned something where clearly this was the last show that you did in 2020. COVID was hitting, and it was pretty clear to me and I think other people, I don't know if it was clear to you at that point, but clearly things were about to happen in the wrestling world. And so what was the sense as far as the locker room goes of what the future was about to hold and if it was going to play out the way it's played out where a bunch of stuff got canceled and we see it with WWE and Impact and AEW with family shows. What was that entire vibe of what was about to happen? Because I saw it differently as a fan. 
and even as a podcaster and somebody who kind of speaks to a lot of wrestlers, and I'm just curious what the locker room's view, what was about to happen was going to happen. Like, my mindset was, oh, we're gonna not be able to, like, really touch people other than the people who are wrestling in the ring. And after that, my mom's going to hand sanitizer my entire body before letting me in the car. And, like, my mindset was, like, are we ever gonna be able to have fans at shows again? Are we going to have people able to be at shows? Or are we going to be, like, it's all streamed online? Or these are gonna be later uploads, but we just can't have people here because of what is happening. And that was three, four months ago. And obviously, things have changed. And that's not to say COVID should be taken lightly by any chance or anything. But we're starting to see shows come back. But clearly, there's been a massive change in the industry where GCW is trying this experiment where they're doing a lot more social distancing. I know ICW is doing some social distancing stuff going forward. I know that a few other promotions are talking about doing stuff like this. What do you see, and I hate to put you on the spot, but where do you see this going and eventually going within the next six months to a year? I believe that wrestling will still be happening. I do believe shows that everyone should wear masks just for everyone's protection and that temperatures should be checked. And then also that we do need a social distance, even if it's just social distancing where it's like this group can sit with this group and this group can sit with their group. But we do need to have that space. And we're at shows regularly. We're all just sitting next to each other on top of each other. And we're all just focused on wrestling. Now we have to worry about our health and our future honestly and we can't do what we were doing before everything has to change i believe that this will benefit people and it will cause wrestling to be safer and healthier space and cleaner space and i think that is for the good of it and now i want to back out of COVID because i'm not a COVID expert and i don't think you are either but you are still very new to wrestling and you've been doing it for about two years at this point, and I'm curious, and a lot of people are curious, as to what advice you have to offer for people who want to get into wrestling. I would just say, if this is truly what you want to do, you have to believe in yourself to do this. I've seen a lot of people who just don't believe in themselves, and that is their greatest fault. Like, you have to be your biggest fan to make it and you have to want to try everything you can't just be like this is the only thing i want to do you have to be a jack of all trades for wrestling if you want to be a good wrestler and then finally i would like to give you an opportunity to promote yourself as i know you have a twitter do you have, I a... have a twitter and a facebook and an instagram so where can people but find twitter you my... on social media Twitter is my most active place, but I'm on all social medias as Billy Starks. It's B-I-L-L-I-E. Starks is S-T-A-R-K-Z. It ends with a Z. I know, trendy. Well, I would like to say thank you for being on, because I appreciate you being on. And as always, everybody, thank you for listening. And we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio, and anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. And while you wait for next week's episode, you can definitely find us on Twitter at PopAnimeComics. Check out my website, PopAnimeComics.com. Follow me on Instagram at PopAnimeComics. Check out my Facebook page, PopAnimeComics. As well as you can purchase a shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees. That's PopAnimeComics on Pro Wrestling Tees. And until next week, everybody, have a wonderful week.